Hey, Chicago and other surrounding or outlying areas just wanted to put a reminder out there. Saturday night, May 3rd at 8 p.m., we're doing We Hate Movies Chicago at the Lincoln Loft, and we will be discussing, man, Blues Brothers 2000. Aren't you jealous you're not going to be there to fucking sit through that shit? I am not. <laughs> I am really not. It's, I, I don't remember. I just remember a blur of terrible from that movie. That's all I got. I think that's what most of the reviews said was it's just a blur of terrible. Yeah, I'm a little jealous, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be out there hosting the show along with our good buddy NWHM disaster movie expert Justin J. Case, uh, along with a couple other of our Chicago friends. We're going to be putting on this show. There are still some tickets available. Uh, you can go to thelincolnloft.com or visit the Lincoln Loft on Facebook. Uh, there's an Eventbrite page where all you got to do is go up there, man, reserve your ticket. You will be good to go. Um, there's going to be beer. Uh, there's going to be clips from the movie. There's going to be more beer, uh, which is necessary for something mm -hmm. like this. And we're all going to sit around and uh, talk about this catastrophic cinematic event that, uh, you know, the first movie, it's like the most famous Chicagoland yeah. movie ever. And then this movie, this this sequel of theirs... That didn't even fucking come out in the year 2000. It's like goddamn Inspector Gadget. It yeah. really is. Like <laughs> things are popping out of things. Also, let's keep in mind that you know this is like a Dan Aykroyd passion project. Yeah. And uh, what, what's another one of his? Oh yeah, Ghostbusters three. <sighs> that dude just loves useless sequels. Why I'm just saying it probably won't be good. <laughs> why couldn't I be? But really, why couldn't that's why couldn't Blues Brothers 2000 have stalled out time after time again? It's Ghostbusters 2000. <laughs> I would have much. Rather Rather, Ghostbusters 2000 just ruin the fucking thing and get it over with and stop with this anticipation. I, I've said it before on this show, but I am sick and fucking tired of hearing about Ghostbusters 3. Fuck it. I hope it never gets made. But what did get made was Blues Brothers 2000. They fucking acknowledged that Jake B Blues died in prison. My God, this movie. <laughs> oh, my fucking Lord. So. Yeah, what time was that again? It's May 3rd, Saturday night. It's a Saturday night, man. Saturday night in Chicago, 8 p.m. at the Lincoln Loft. Uh, TheLincolnLoft.com or check out the Lincoln Loft on Facebook. A few tickets remaining. Don't slack, Chicago. We'll see you there. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in to our fine little show. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Take off your jacket. Have a seat. Get ready to get ready to snuggle up. Hey, you in the back. Get that jacket off. Take that jacket off. And the hat. The Stetson, too. The hat. The jacket. Get ready to snuggle. Yeah. It's Anthony Michael <laughs> Hall's Passion Project, 1994's Hail Caesar. So, yeah, you better pay attention to... God damn it, this movie is awful. There's nothing what? good. What? <laughs> we watching the same movie? <laughs> Obviously not. I want to be wherever you were. I want to be in your like your you know, fever dream you know, version the, of this. At the head, I will say this of this movie. If you were ever like, you know, we got some younger listeners that were maybe born in the nineties and, and don't really know what it was like to live in the nineties. You know, 
a lot of you know you've seen a bunch of '90s movies, sure. Right. Yeah, you but probably they, saw Clueless. Right. But they was, got it wrong. But that was like <laughs> that was the glam. That was like the well, no. What I'm what I'm trying posh. to say here is there's a lot of movies, great movies that were made in the '90s that don't feel as dated because they weren't specifically trying to make dated movies. Right. This, well, yeah. this is so dated. It's like you're. It's like I'm there in '94 again. Oh, it's a real time capsule motion picture. That's for sure. Funny enough, like the same year Pulp Fiction came out, yeah. you can watch Pulp Fiction in 2014, and you don't really know what year and, it was uh, set in. Uh, what's the uh, common thread between these two movies? <sighs> One Samuel L. Jackson, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, but Man. I mean, this movie is like being same thrown. Year. Same year. Being thrown head first into a bugle boy outlet. Oh, and yeah. just and, oh, wow. and just deal with it. Man. Look around you and take it in, motherfucker. <laughs> Man, bugle boy. I have not thought about bugle boy denim in a long oh, time. Oh yeah, and they they the bright colors are all over the fucking place. Oh, uh, you know, I it was more uh, Arizona jeans mm-hmm. myself. You, you know, yeah, what? Oh, I had a lot of Arizona jeans too. You know, what was the sad thing about me, and I was because you know I've always been a bigger guy. Uh, I was a big fan of the big dog t-shirts where you could get like the big dog as like Scarface or the big dog as the Blues Brother. That big dog had a lot of different uh, incarnations. Yes, he did. He did a lot of sporting events too, as it turns out. Yeah, he was playing a lot of sports that big dog. I mean, I wasn't, but he was. Well, that was the thing. He does it for you. As long as you wore a big dog t-shirt where big dog was playing football, it was like you were playing football. I mean, yeah, it was an inspiration. I looked down. I was like, hey. Yeah, I'm good enough. I'm doing good. Now, Chris Cabin, shed some light on the next mystery that we have to go along with this motion picture, which is the fact that one of the credits that comes up says, based on a story by Mark Twain. And they don't bother to tell you what it is. Like, usually, I mean, if it's a story, like, you want to say it right they there. They say, you know, like, uh, they well, say, say the on, title of the story. Yeah, yeah, like, Unjustified. It's like, based on fire in the hall. Yeah. You know, so you know, like, what the short story is. And then this- I'm... No, no, no. And on IMDb, it doesn't even say that it was his source material. Man, Mark Twain's IMDb is one less credit. That's unbelievable. I mean, there's probably 300 now on the Mark Twain thing. But this is based off of something called the Capitoline Venus, Uh which was a short story of his. And it's kind of – I read it today, and it kind of goes along like a play. Um, And it's basically about a man who wants to – marry a girl and but he's an artist he's a sculptor and to get the money to impress her father right his friend essentially butchers one of his uh one of his pieces Mm -hmm. buries it right and pretends that like it was some old fossil and like when they pull it out, wow! Well, there's the, there it they, is. Yep. They think it's it's based on a, a pretty famous swindle from our own uh, New York called the Cardiff Giant, which is this Ooh. great hoax about a like an atheist buried a statue of a made up giant. Yeah, yeah. A little. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Chris. Uh, that was mentioned on Blame It on Outer Space episode on giants. There you go. Blame it on outerspace dot com at Blame Space Pod on Twitter. Boom. And <laughs> you're right. I was like, that. Why is that ringing a bell? And yeah, you're right. Because disaster expert Justin J. Case was on there too. I think. Wow, yeah, it's all coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and this episode's really making a lot of connections. Yeah. So the the his um the piece uh, Twain's piece was based off of that hoax. So I can and you, you know so from that description of the short story, we'll see how the film 
uh, you know, kind of took from that yeah, story. Yeah, put, put that in your back pocket and uh, sit back. We'll see if that happens again. So <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, you know, uh, always the nerd, never the bride, you know. Until he, uh, today. Exactly. Uh, well, actually, no, because he had made... Um, this was ninety three. He had made what was that movie? Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good. Where he's like, the he's the quarterback. That's like, but that's eighty nine. That's think. what I'm saying yeah. though. So like, he was now into this like I can be the cool guy thing because what's so obnoxious about this movie is how ultra cool this dude thinks he is, and he's like the most obnoxious like hummingbird in your ear kind of character well that's the thing is that you think it's a parody at first you think he's making fun of this character no the first like couple <laughs> thing you're like oh obviously you can't take this guy for serious i mean look look at this I, look look what he's doing i think this was like you know his interpretation of like what it was to be like a really cool dude in 1993 los angeles <laughs> yeah. like it's i think it's like that specific that's what this character is what's weird though and i think eric i said this to you the first time i watched this was this is a movie with a plot that feels very 1980s and we've dealt with these movies before and i can't recall what specifically now but these movies where it's a 1980s plot stuck in a 1990s movie and it just doesn't work like that shit just right. does not compute like the jokes you're trying to tell the style of humor you're trying to use. It's, it's the style of humor. I think that really does it because uh, this is a very precise, very dry, very, you know, yeah. this is this is supposed to be very a little meta if if I, I'm never going to say that ever again. But <laughs> it's supposed to be kind of distanced and like detached from all of this stuff. And this never finds that tone at all. Like, it wants to be that movie, but it can't figure out exactly what it should be. It can't. And, you know, you got a lot of people running around in this movie that are, like, names now. Yeah. Or or were names and then were kind of in slumps that are in this movie. But, you know, you think of, like, Sam Jackson and, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie. Like, you're looking at all these people like, okay, so I know that this person you know, kind of has this kind of comedic sensibility. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. in this movie, you're like, all right, well, I know most recently Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Like, where is the kind of Tony Stark kind of comedy? But he's so fucking coked out in this movie. It's just, it's, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, drugs cannot blame, but can't be blamed for all of this. I mean, drugs are bla- should be blamed for most of this movie, but they don't <laughs> get the whole, they, they really can't you, take the whole bullet. You see, kids? Drugs are bad. <laughs> Really, really bad. <laughs> Make you watch Hail Caesar again till you stop smoking that pot. <laughs> and and I mean, Anthony Michael Hall has this fucking mellow yellow, like, shitty glom of hair. It's disgusting. And it also changes color in the movie, by the way. So really quickly, like, the gist of this film... He is a guy whose fucking God-given name is Julius Caesar, by the way. Magruder. <laughs> Julius Caesar Magruder. So... He calls himself Julius Caesar. Because why nauseum. wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah of course. Well, sure, you but you're gonna milk that shit till the cows come you're home. Ju- you're little Julius Magruder. <laughs> That's what you are. Yeah. Oh, oh, Julius Magruder. <laughs> I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna be a big rock and roll star someday, and I'm gonna go by Julius Caesar. And I'm gonna treat everybody like shit. Yeah. They're all gonna get shit. He treats everyone like fucking shit in this movie. He stomps <laughs> on any throat he can. So he's this guy. He's Julius Caesar Magruder. Uh, he's an orphan. 
Uh, his parents left him this big house. His parents were archaeologists uh, specializing in like Greek and Roman yeah, history hence, and hence stuff. The name. Hence the name. Yeah. There's a sign, by the way, in his, or it's like a it's, it's a it's newspaper a, cutout that frames. he's framed. He's framed a thing of and his parents' death. Why would you frame this? It says that his parents were eaten by cannibals. Motherfuckers got this frame because you know I think he's like. You know, he probably has like a Julius Caesar, you know, kind of complex. And he's like, they're finally gone. I'm going to put their death notice up here because I am the king of this castle now. But he, like, he has it in like his front hallway. Like, put that yeah. in like the closet. I'm like, just some, like, I can imagine if you want to make this character dark, he's got an empty room, what, what used to be his parents' room. Right. And he's got this, now. this hang, these, like, this, like, plastered or framed all over that room yeah and he just walks in there and is like oh i fucking hate life but like <laughs> that i could imagine but he just has this thing fucking there for everybody to see guests and uh, like excuse me honey i'm gonna go seethe in my dead parents room <laughs> i'll be back in 15 angry minutes yeah that's not gonna be good for the real estate salesman when he has to come back so he's an orphan he's got this house and you know you have this kind of situation where you've inherited this house, probably a little bit of money. You think maybe I'll uh, invest it in a college education, make my parents proud? No, 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 no. Yeah, let's just blow it on uh, I, I presumably drugs and yeah. a rock and roll dreams, man. And here we go. And it's this kind of movie, right, where he's in a band that's terrible. They're barely a band. They've got two songs or something like that. And you know what their name is? Well, Hail it's, Caesar. It's, it's the titular Hail yeah, Caesar. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's the very same. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, they're terrible. They've never really had that many gigs. You don't really see them play a gig in this movie. But it's the whole, like, we just got to get that demo cut, and then we're going to be working at the record company and all of this shit, and it's we're going to be super famous. It's not like pursuing uh, rock and roll earnestly. It's like a get-rich-quick scheme Yes, idea. exactly. And it, it's, it just reminded you of all those dudes in high school that were in a band, right? And it's like, yeah. man, all we got to do is just get the demo to the label. Just once the label yeah. hears it, that's it. And then, you know, demo plus label equals dollar signs, bruh. Let's do it. Yeah, but Airheads did it so much better. Oh, Airheads did it way fucking better. And yeah. that's like the same time i think maybe a year later or something it's, yeah it's like the that. same air, i mean it's like 95 it's right 96 there. i want to yeah. say yeah and also the great thing about airheads those dudes are making like music of the time like yeah. they're kind of like a grunge band almost maybe more on like the metal side it's kind more of a metal i mean they're, they're trying to be like anthrax kind of yes yeah, yeah 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 you're right and like this movie like you hear these this hail caesar play a tune and he's trying to do like super cool like fuck rock you know what i mean i mean it's not fart rock by the way no, it's it's specifically fuck rock. fuck rock like she's coming over boom, 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 and you can't even fucking take it anymore <laughs> i mean that's a poor example no, no it's not no, it, there is a song where it's just like high heels black dress fucking her and like <laughs> That's the whole fucking song, man. You sound like an asshole. Man, I remembered, uh, reminded me of this time, uh, me and our good buddy Steve Sadak and uh, disaster movie expert Justin J. Case Ooh. and uh, our friend Sean Weiner, who's been on the show a bunch of times. Uh, we were at this bar in upstate New York, 
and uh, we were, uh, it was a, tr- a train station central bar. You know what I mean? So oh, it's one of those bars. I, think I have an idea of where this was. Yeah, it was. It's an Irish bar up there. Yeah, no, I know what oh, you're talking quote, about. Quote Irish bar, by the way. Anyway. I'll make this quick. There's a shitty band playing. It's a shitty band called Four Dogs Playing Poker. Oh, come on. It's a cover band, right? And we're just watching these dudes play. And they're playing like fuck songs, right? Uh-huh. The same thing, right? This this singer wearing a cowboy hat and sunglasses inside. It's like, it's like a Friday night. And he's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's ready to rock tonight? Yeah. It's fucking Friday, isn't it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. We're all going to get fucked tonight <laughs> we were all like wait pardon <laughs> well just just stop taking a sip of our warm beer for a second wait what did you say wait, wait by you by the four dogs playing poker i'm talking to you sadak oh yeah <laughs> that'd be great he just calls his name steve runs out yeah yeah it's, anyway by this, the way it's not it's not poker the game it's poke her yeah <laughs> yes but you wouldn't know that unless you bought one of their T-shirts that were for sale. So this movie, he wants to make a name for himself in this band. But yeah, more importantly, he just wants to make a quick buck. And it's him, uh, a bass player, who's this girl, Annie. Uh, and then this drummer who's from Russia named Vlad. And he's just a fucking cartoon character of oh, a Russian person. Big time. It's like offensive. And also it's like, it's fucking 1993. Like, Cold War's over, man. Stop with... Russian caricatures. Wait until 2014. Then you can pick it back up again. It's appropriate now. It wasn't appropriate in 1993. Just had to wait it out, man. So the other other thorn in his side, the other part of his life, is he's got this lady friend, his girlfriend, uh, who's named Buffer. (laughs) Buffer. Uh, what kind of name is that? I don't well, even know. This actress, I forget her name, but she's old, done a whole lot of Red Shoe Diaries. She's done a whole lot of Red Shoe Diaries, Ooh. but you, where I remember <laughs> her from is she plays Bambi. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, a that, scientist. This is sounding familiar. Go a on. scientist named Bambi on the X Files. Yes. Yes. And the War of the Copophages, the one with the cockroaches where the cockroaches are killing people. That's right. She's the she's the scientist named Bambi. And Dr. I was like, Bambi, man, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> two fucking stupid ass names, huh, honey? So she's buffer and she's rich and she's a total like, Daddy, oh, oh my god, daddy, buy me a new car. Oh, good, you know. And and by the way, his, her father is what he likes to call an honest arms dealer. <laughs> He, he's just, but he's got his he's got his scuzzy hands in a lot of operations, including we'll find out an eraser factory. Right. Yeah. So, and this, I mean, he's just a cartoon character. He's a cartoon. He's like a cartoon conservative, right? There's a gigantic yeah. Reagan painting. In he's his got office. like a bar. Yeah. With a Reagan painting. And he right didn't there. even hang it up. He no, just no, no, has no. it on the counter because he always wants to be eye level with Ronald Reagan at all times. He's just got to swivel that desk chair yeah. around. He respects him, but he's not going to look up to him. <laughs> We're equals. Yeah. And you know what? He he knows that Reagan would have approved that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I work. get it. You want me at eye level. We're not better than anyone else. Makes a lot of sense to me, sir. Except for the poor. <laughs> Except for the poor and the Jews and the blacks and the gays and the, the lesbians. Well, everybody else. Yeah, I didn't really... make, make sure your servants crawl on the floor in front of my baby. Speaking of servants and speaking of slumming it, so we get a scene where uh, Julius goes to visit Buffer. Ugh. At uh, her huge McMansion, answering the door, Robert Downey. Not RDJ, 
the Papa Bear. RDS. Yeah, RDS, man. Yeah, the and butler. Your hat flies off your head watching this. <laughs> so, I, so take him off. It's unbelievable. I mean, he is he's a great filmmaker. His movies are fucking hilarious. Like that guy really did stuff, you know, in in the 60s and, and in the 70s. He's a super sweet guy. I got to meet him one time. He's a fantastic dude. Uh, did you ask him about Hail Caesar? I no, I didn't know about it at the time. This was like <laughs> five, six years ago. I oh. wish I did. Uh, no, but like the door opens, and I'm like, oh no, this is <laughs> this is, and this is what this is, right? Because also RDJ is in the movie. But you figure, right? Like one day RDJ goes up to RDS and he's like, hey pop, gotta ask you a favor. Remember my uh, my uh, annoying friend that you hate, uh, AMH? Yeah, AMH is making a movie. Oh, that's great. That's great. Another another friend of yours making a movie. And he's like, now listen, he needs some help with it. Uh, maybe uh, throw him a couple thousand dollars and, uh, I don't know, maybe you could, you could play a role in it, Dad. Like, wouldn't that be great? You love acting, right? It's a comedy. You made a lot of comedies. This would be great just playing this butler and it's really shitty. And I don't know. And this is another thing I was talking about of like a lot of mixed messages and mixed styles and everything in this movie. A lot of RDS's movies, just because of the nature of the way he was making them, there's a lot of bad like ADR going on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of just bad dubbing and sometimes intentionally bad dubbing in this movie, inhale Caesar, all of RDS's lines are bad dubs. Like it's all him. Like, just being snooty because he also hates Julius, understandably. You know, it's one of those things where, like, this dude's not even good enough in the butler's eyes kind of a thing. And he'll make these noises when he answers the door for Anthony Michael Hall. Like, <laughs> and it's just these fucking noises. And Robert Downey Sr. is not even making them. Yeah, it's now, just like, <laughs> Do you think that was, like, homage to his, his, his short films and stuff? Or was it just uh, poor filmmaking on... <laughs> on Anthony Michael Hall's yeah. part. I'm going to go with choice B. Yeah, you know what? It was intended as choice A, but it was definitely a product of choice B. See, but that's, I, I wonder if Anthony Michael Hall actually tried to sell him on this. Like, look, I'm adapting a Mark Twain story. Yeah. I have this really like interesting take on It's going to be like really like dry, ironic humor. And, you know, we're going to like, we're going to take a look at this fucking generation, man. And like, take I mean, look. I mean, yeah. Once, I mean, just, once just, you saw the we're daily, just taking a look. By the way, <laughs> just just peek in. A little we're not bit. saying anything. We're not learning anything. We're not trying to change anything. No, just we're just gonna look. take a little look at this generation. <laughs> and he saw the dailies, and he shit himself. And like, <laughs> I refuse to talk in this motion picture now. Yeah, now now see if you can have me in your movie. Because I mean, the art. I mean, the, uh, of all the things that annoy me, it's the artiness of it that really drives me nuts the artiness the like the forced like the way certain lines are being delivered the way he's swiveling his head at all times there is a whole lot of talking to the camera in this movie Uh, like it's like one of the major things is a monologue he has at the beginning where he's just fucking here's what it is right so it's the statue it's a fake venus de milo statue and there's a guitar slung around it, okay? Because that's what we're doing here. This is if you go see Hail Caesar in concert, there's a fucking shitty plaster Venus de Milo statue with a guitar slung over its shoulder, right? And then 
these arms, as if illusion itself is taking place, come out from behind the armless Venus de Milo. Can, can you fucking stomach how cool this is? So oh my god, far? what's happening? And then we're just we get some hot licks on this guitar, man, and you're like, oh great. And then he peeks out and he's like, oh. Didn't see you there. How'd you enjoy my fucking pussy-killing guitar list? And then Marcus the tech guy's like, will you get the fuck off the stage? <laughs> oh, that's the best part. And it's this totally, like, unexplained situation where this guy is like, hey, buddy, why don't you get out of here? Sound check ended an hour ago. It's like, what venue is this? What band is actually playing? What the fuck what? are you doing? How did you How did you get in here? That's <laughs> It's a question for the character in this situation, and it's a question for Anthony Michael Hall in the director's chair of this movie. Well, the, how did you get in here? I think uh, it's possible that this club exists in the basement of his McMansion. He just got a guy down there. <laughs> <laughs> and Hail Caesar came and get booked in his own goddamn palace. <laughs> Hey, he hired I told you, get the fuck out. <laughs> he hired a guy here. not knowing, and the guy didn't know that he had a band, and he goes up, he's like, yeah, no, you're not good enough. <laughs> oh, so they're having oh, band practice. Oh, yeah, By go the ahead. way, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. we just have to quickly mention, he does an insanely bad British accent at the start of this, too. Oh, Because there's, right. there's like a fake out, like, oh, you thought I was a, a British musician, but I'm not. Isn't that great? It's just, my mind just keeps getting blown by Anthony Michael Hall in this movie. Ironically, while Anthony Michael Hall is blowing himself while making this movie. Oh, it's yes. a, oh, it's yeah. a real snake-eating-itself situation here. So, yes, he's at band practice one day, and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a dog that he's got. And Chaos. That, the dog named Chaos, which is great. And so great. This, dog, this dog hates the mailman. And who do we see strolling up the block, whistling a jaunty tune? Sam Jackson. As this fucking mailman, dude. And like, yeah, it's it's 94. Yeah. Sam Jackson's not a big star yet. But by the way, you can see, you know, he was on the cusp of stardom because yeah. Pulp Fiction came out the same year and you can actually see. He'd done some Spike Lee movies since then also. Oh, yeah. He did yeah. good fellas. Uh, do the right thing. And, but he has the sideburns You're right. and oh, the goatee wow. of like, it looks like it's, he's either like, sh he's like, Growing it in or shaving it off or something. It's like in between <laughs> yeah. the Jules character of You're Pulp right. Fiction. You're totally right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's yeah. either just after Pulp Fiction or he's gearing up for it. And he was like, fuck it. I'll do this piece of shit mailman role before I go work with the Reservoir Dogs guy. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah. I mean, do, I mean, do you want to talk about the picket off the bottom of your fucking shoe jokes? <laughs> It's mailman the fucking and mailman shit. and the dog joke, and that's all he's there for. And I, Sam Jackson, by the way, doesn't even get to have a joke about how it's clearly a racist dog. Yeah. This dog doesn't fuck with anybody else but the poor black mailman. That's a thing that's happening, and nobody addresses this. I, oh, Man, racist dogs. Dude, that's a weird thing. White dog, it's right? not Sam white Fuller. dog. <laughs> Sam Fuller's white dog, dude. Exactly. No, that's, that's a good movie. That is a yeah, good movie. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, like, this whole... Th and this is the kind of humor I can't stand in movies like this, where we're, like, just flagrantly defying the laws of physics for no reason. Like, if you want to have your dog attack the mailman, that's fine. It's a dumb joke, but... Just have the dog, like, jump the fence or something, run out the doggy door and attack the mailman. No, 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 no. Because this dog is a gigantic, menacing Rottweiler named Chaos, motherfucker's got to jump up on the front door and knock the shit off the hinges, crushing Samuel L. Jackson beneath this door. 
Give me a break. Not- yeah, and then the wild wily coyote runs by. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like a it's it's one of these you know, early mid nineties kinda indie comedies. So it ha they all all of them, almost all of them, are self important cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just like and it's, it's insane, and it's all vignettes. It's all like a lot of it is just yeah. vignettes, and it's all bad. The worst production value you could ever get. Another gigantically obvious and confusing ripoff in this movie: Sam Jackson's theme song is totally just like a blatant ripoff of the Seinfeld theme song. It like you see him walking, and it's just this electronic bass noise going doom de doom de doom de doom de doom de doom de doom, and I'm like, okay, everybody fucking knows what the Seinfeld theme song sounds like when you're making this movie, you know, in 1993. Like the show's out, it's popular. Don't what the what the fuck are you even doing? I mean, it's just one of those things where uh, whenever I hear a like a plucked bass, I'm like, oh Seinfeld. Like whenever yeah. I, I, you know, it could be in the middle of a song and it just plunk. So yeah, you have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of what your time is. I feel like this was also just like, yeah, that's fine. Let's just keep going. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, that'll work. We'll, we'll finish the movie quick. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, he's got it. He's he. You see that what the tension in this movie is is Annie, the bass player, who's really into making this band work. Uh, and then uh, uh, the other, the Russian fella there, he could go either way. I mean, he's eating toes or something. <laughs> and then there's there's uh, there's there's Julius Caesar, and they got this band. She really wants to make this band work, and he is in this tug of war, like my dedication to the band versus my dedication to Buffer. And so it's the only oh man, I was supposed to pick Buffer up an hour ago. Hops in his shitty motorcycle with sidecar because that shit never stops being hilarious. I guess. And then he drove it to Garden State. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one time those fucking uh, vehicles were funny in Duck Soup. It's mm. the only time, and it's like that's not the only time there's a weird Marx Brothers thing in this movie because when we see. RDS answering the door. He's he's doing um the Groucho Marx like long stride walk that he would do. Right. Like he does that when he walks away from the door. And I'm like, why do we need these homages to a great fucking comedy team? Like, get the Marx Brothers out of this Hail Caesar movie, well, Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, that's what this movie is. I mean, it really is one of those movies that tries to like we're not going to have a tone because having a tone would be buying into the whole fucking thing, man. <laughs> yeah. And like, but there are movies like that. And I mean, like uh, Robert like, Downey Sr.'s movies where they work with that because you have a certain idea of what the non tone is going to be. But with this movie though, it's like, you know, and yeah, you got like RDS here and whatever. Like you're not making fucking Babo 73 or greasers palace or, yeah. you know, any of those movies. Like, you're making this movie that's not saying something. And the unfortunate thing is every one of Robert Downey Sr.'s movies has some fucking message to it in some way or another. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There's a point to this? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. My movie's got to have a point? Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, okay. Well, my point is uh, I'm a cool guy. I play guitar sometimes. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet on my fiance. Oh, this bet, by the way. Uh, so we'll get to that. So it's this whole thing where they're supposed to go out on a date. She's pissed at him because he's late or whatever. And they do this thing where he goes, you know, RDS lets him in the house and he's waiting in the foyer there, you know. And uh, she comes down the stairs and it's like the classic Hollywood 
you know, beautiful girl coming down the stairs, the sweeping music. And boy, oh boy, do we get a hilarious record scratch sound. And she turns into a whole fucking bitch. Oh, no. For what? <laughs> it's It's like she's smiling at him. And then it's like record scratch. And she like drops the smile. Where have you act. been? She's like, uh. You're late. And I'm like, oh, wow, I was fooled by this movie. Oh, my God. Why wouldn't you make, like, the whole, like, spoiler alert, the whole movie is about how how he has to prove his love for this woman. Why not make her kind of likable? Like, even kind of likable. Just kind of, right? I mean, yeah. Other than just this terrible person who rides him the whole time. Yeah. And then hates her father. There's no point in pursuing this girl. No. I mean, it's her and Annie, and Annie's like a non-person. All the She's only a, yeah. lines I hear from her are, "Well, you got to do the practice." Oh my God, Julius, you're going to be late for the practice again. This band has to be better, Julius. We had that last gig, and it totally tanked. You need to be here at practice, Julius. Like that's that character. Yeah. Who? Spoiler alert: He fucking winds up with at the end of this movie for no good goddamn reason. Oh, I'll tell you the reason. What's that? Hot she's, sex? No, no, she's just there. <laughs> That's, yeah, you got that straight. That's that's what that's how picky Julius is. I had yeah. I had to tell the guys when when I came in the room here is that I just didn't know her name. Well, why but would you? She's supposed to apparently she's the love of his life at the end of this movie. I have no idea what her fucking name is. <laughs> so for the moment, he's still pursuing Buffer, and the her old man does not like Julius Caesar. He brandishes a gun, just waving his gun around wildly. Am I wrong? Is there? A gun noise sound effect in this scene too. I'm, I might have hallucinated. A it. gun goes off. He fires a gun. He at this fires face. a gun. So what? Yeah. What happens is like, and this it's another thing. Like the really shoddy editing in this movie, and you know, like you said, Chris, there's a. It feels like a lot of vignettes. Yeah. A lot of times, there's these scenes that we're just trying to pass the time until we can connect to the other vignette. So like when he picks her up, they're supposedly going on this date. Well, all you see of them is like they're at a lover's lane type thing for two seconds. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him. So they drive home and he's like, oh, by the way, I can't go to your big party buffer because I have band practice. And she calls him a selfish jerk. And then that's it. And then the next it's like and then he just has to go to the band and be like, oh, by the way, can't make practice. Got to go to buffers party. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. 
cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. And now we're just back at the fucking rich guy's house that we were just at four minutes ago. Like, it's so poorly constructed, this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, also, on top of that... For no good reason, we have Julius Caesar back at the door, knocking on the door again. What the fuck do I want to see that again for? He's just he's wearing a different shirt. <laughs> it's because you have to get more hilarious gags in with Robert Downey Sr. having dubbed dialogue. That poor man. So she's having this big party, or it's the dad's party. I don't, you know, someone's having a party yeah. at this house, and it's all like the swankiest of the swank people you know and the dad by the way we should mention he's got this this kiss ass number two brown noser guy well i've just been referring to as dinkus he's he's kind of just a dinkus little neocon yeah Yeah. piece of shit would have worked well at the uh the bad fraternity in pcu oh yeah balls and shaft yeah balls and shaft shaft, they were all neocons too (laughs) by the way movie put out in 19 like 93 94 Totally. Like, you want that 90s time capsule oh, movie? Yeah. PCU to the extreme. Yeah, big time 90s time capsule, but actually, I think, a good movie, a fun movie. Oh, yeah. I consider that to absolutely. be a classic yeah, comedy. Yeah. That, uh, that movie, to me, is up there with the best college comedies. How many movies have had the insight to fucking put a whole entire set from Parliament Funkadelic <laughs> in the middle of their... Movie. I know. Not many people have had that. that you know what? David Fincher never thought of that <laughs> also, shit. Also, you uh, you don't see much, many uh, Porchester whooping cranes. No, not many. <laughs> it's true. But, like, man, yeah. Fucking Parliament. Parliament fucking Della comes in and plays a set in the middle of Hail Caesar. You got yourself a solid C+. Plus. Could, could. That's, I mean, but now that's the question. Does George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic rescue this movie? Because I mean, I, without without... Without the P Funk All Stars and PCU, it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's just that's like the icing and the cherry on top, all in one. Well, my suggestion here's the difference: is that in PCU, like you, there's jokes. Back, well, there's all these jokes. There's all these wonderful, <laughs> there's great jokes. comedic performances. Yeah, I mean, John. I mean, back when you cared about Jeremy Piven, 
like before this, he forced us all to stop, stop caring giving about, a shit about what he was doing in general. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the thing: is that yeah. in PCU, you get you go you have to cut back to what else is going on. There's so many storylines going on that I'm actually invested in. Oh yeah, so you're this, paying attention. What? Why would I? What I would suggest with the Parliament Funkadelic and their Hail Caesar performance yes. would to be like <laughs> you get that intro and you get the guy to you know say, "Hey, get off the fucking stage, will you?" <laughs> and then the Parliament Funkadelic plays the entire set, and that's the movie. That's pretty great. That's my idea of how Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic saves this whole movie. Well, unfortunately, at this party, there's no George Clinton. There's no Parliament Funkadelic. There's just a bunch of stuffed shirts, uh, including one played by Cato Kalin. Oh my God! Not a the, line. Not a line, but uh, you 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 might remember him from such performances as the O.J. Simpson murder trial. <laughs> You're his finest work today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's studied. That's studied. Work, oh yeah, man. dude, that is measured method acting right there. But there you go. That's another element for your your quintessential '90s time. Course. Yeah, you're, yeah, right. You want to know what this Cato Kalin dude was all about? Well, he's in this movie as a, uh, I guess a, a bigger than usual extra. Uh, so at this party, the important thing to get away from this party is that this is where the bet is made. Yes. Just like there's, uh, you know, the, the bet we've been talking about. Right. But it doesn't even start out as a bet. He just, the father hates Julius Caesar so much, he, he just offers him $50,000 to not talk to Buffer anymore. You know what? Take it. Take it. He was just like, <laughs> are you serious? Which is a good question. And then he ups it to $100,000. Fucking take it. Because, you know, here's the other thing. And I noticed this the second time. Ugh, man, the second time I watched this movie, and that's in this situation, this kind of rich dude bet you're making, this real gentleman's bet. Mm-hmm. There's no paperwork. This oh, dude's yeah. just going to cut you a check for a hundred thousand dollars, right there. You just might turn- just get a fucking briefcase, man. You might not even have to give it to the goddamn government. Yeah. Oh yeah. Under the table, hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Then just turn back around and try to see her again. What's this dude going to do? But also, by the way. She hates your ever-loving guts. Yeah, she's a bad Just girlfriend. Do it and get out of here, man. Yeah. It's so and, and, and you know, even if you you like what's going on with her, <laughs> like, dude, it's not going to last forever. Clearly, and I'm not. sure you could get a few more in before. The, yeah, I mean, he's like he's supposed to be what in this movie? Like twenty. 21 maybe maybe even younger like i don't know oh, really? he gets that letter I mean, flunking he's, he's, out of college yeah oh right right so yeah he might even be like 18 19 or like that's insane because he's like 35 yeah. oh yeah oh yeah but oh yeah but he rode that <laughs> fucking train for a while because let me bring you back to 1990 oh, where oh, he plays going. a teenager in fucking edward scissorhands and they have the foresight to make it a joke yeah, it's kind of his character from Johnny B. Good. It's yeah. almost the same Letterman jacket. Uh, so the bet is as follows. He has six months to himself, Julius Caesar, make $100,000. And in that time, if he succeeds in making $100,000 in six months or less, uh, then the dad has to respect him. And he gets to keep seeing Buffer, you know. And if he fails... He's got to get out of town. You know, he can't see her ever again. And this is the major thing it took from the story. This right. was really the only big thing. Yeah, this whole six-month timetable to yeah. make something of yourself situation. Uh, and so this is, you'd think like, okay, well, now like we're, we're kicked into high gear. Like he's really going to start putting the nose to the grindstone, writing songs, band practice. Here we go. Oh, what's that side story from out of nowhere? 
the dad is giving him a job at this pencil eraser factory. Yeah, it's like he's going to help. I'll I'll even make it easier for you, son. I will <laughs> I will even give you a job. You know, and the the brown noser is just like, "What?" Ba-ba-ba-ba. But the thing is like, you know the job's paying less than $200,000 a year. Oh There's, yeah, you're it's working not at like, a fucking factory. It's not like if you go to this job for 6 months every day, that would be the equivalent of $100,000 and then I will respect you. The guy like the 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 number 2 there like does the math and he's like you need to make like $4600 a, a week or yeah, something yeah. like that. So it's like, you know, Anthony Michael Hall, Julius just qu- don't do that. Really try to make something about this this record deal. I mean, Rob a bank. <laughs> I don't think a foreman makes that much money. No, you're not making $100,000 in six months at a fucking eraser factory. You're just not doing it. The eraser factory, by the way, is like a weird shadow company because this dude is like a seedy arms dealer. Right. And yeah. there's some weird weapon shit going there, on in this uh, movie. The big pink file. Yeah, which file <laughs> that under who could possibly give a shit. I do, who could care. And like <laughs> this is what this is what I hate about these kind of movies is because you do you call out this shit and they're like, "Well, I mean, look at the movie. It's not supposed to be taken seriously." But then why am I watching it? Why am I watching it like I, even when you're making absurdist things, you have to care about what you're making absurd. Oh, yeah. You you have to have a handle on it. You just can't put a bunch of shit into a movie and then when it is inevitably terrible, then turn around and be like, well, you're not supposed to take it that serious. I mean, we didn't take it seriously. Why would you, someone who's presumably you, oh, paying money we, to see this movie? It's like jazz. You got to look at the movie he's not making. <laughs> It's like an Albert Ayler solo. Yeah, I get it's, it. It's the scenes that are stuck in between the scenes we see, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think you cracked it. I think we got to think about all the scenes that he's not having in this movie, and it's the greatest yeah. comedy ever made. <laughs> the movie that, is, it, that not, it does not exist here. It's yeah. great. It's fantastic. So he gets a job at this factory, and the number two's hooking him up. And uh, yeah. there, in between this, there's this weird scene of like, it's it's another one of these bizarre monologues. It's briefer though, and it's just like you know things things might be going okay, and it's like, it's like him and Buffer. It looks like they're on like a desert planet. It looks oh, like weird... cat people or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just like making out. I like, forgot yeah. about this fucking ridiculous silhouette shot, and I'm like. Oh, aren't you just the first time director we all hate? Isn't that? Yeah, it's, you're right. It's like this ridiculous fucking sun. The sun is yeah. taking up the whole frame of this desert planet, and the two of them are making out in silhouette. There's a pretty good shot. It's neither of the actors because they don't, you can't see them. It's, it's complete. It's even better that you can't see them. But it it's like such just thick black silhouette. I thought it was a cartoon for a second. I mean, the, well, the male one is is certainly taller than Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, and like the jaws just a little more chiseled. I was like, I don't think those are those actors. And the the buffer stand in definitely has different hair than this actress has in this movie. So it's like, what? Why even put this in? Why do I need this? Just get to the fucking eraser factory. Oh, once we get to the eraser factory, it's still terrible. It's still, I can't I mean, wait but to it's, leave it. It's all these fucking scenes of him 
not getting along with the, you know the other workers on the floor. Well, they all understandably hate his guts because they're like hardworking, unionized, you know, laborers, right? And then this idiot who's dating the dating the boss's daughter just right. gets this job and handed to him, and you know, gets their babe friend fired. Oh yeah, there's like oh, a, there's yeah. like a sexy lady that works on the well, assembly line with him or whatever. Yeah, her name's like Tiffany or something. Tiffany, and yeah. Tiffany's gonna get poisoned, by the way. <laughs> Oh, That's, right, right. They yeah. sent her to some part of the factory where apparently you just get killed. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like the toxic pit, they call it, or something. So it's like a bunch of fumes and stuff. And now she's wearing, like, these, like, tight little denim shorts. And he doesn't make fucking and... Pamela Anderson blush. Like, yeah. Pam Anderson would know how to dress for working a shift at a fucking factory. <laughs> she, she puts some she pants has th- She has that much sense. <laughs> I mean, this woman is dressed like a, a denim Dan meets Daisy Duke and kind of a thing. She's also perfect for our time capsule because this is the quintessential '90s babe. Yeah, and nowadays this wouldn't be presented as as babe numero uno. No, well, this is also, really vintage babeage. Also, in this shitty time we live in, they would look at that actress and be like, "Oh, she's so fucking fat." Yeah. Had this fat chick get in this movie and you just want to fucking hang yourself. Well, I mean, every Hawaiian yes. tropic girl is too fat. <laughs> like, I, by today's standards, every single Hawaiian tropic girl is just too fucking fat. <laughs> we live in a terrible time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So he's working at this fucking factory. And the other thing that starts happening is this weird, like, he tries to become, like, the man or, like, the voice of the people. Yeah. Like, we have to unionize. You know, we got to organize if we want to, you know, get fair due and all this shit. But he's also, like, belittling them all. Like, he, he taunts the other main, the main oh, guy yeah. there. He taunts them the whole fucking time. He's condescending to his fellow workers. He's condescending to the audience. He's yeah. condescending I mean, it's to just everyone. Whole, and just on top of this, Frank Gorshin, the genius he is. <sighs> Frank Gorshin, man, God rest his soul, is just in this movie playing like the crotchety old like foreman of this plant. And he is just, oh, bless him, he's really putting his all yeah. into playing Biff the plant foreman or he's, whatever he's this working. name is. He's putting in work, and, yeah. but like then he's just killed. For no, the for, no, only, for no foreseeable reason, he's just killed. The only <laughs> actor given a shit in this movie is instantly murdered. So he he gets you know he gets the uh, the job. You know, Gorshin's like fill out all this paperwork or whatever. And uh, we have this cartoonish. It's his first day on the job. This cartoonish Scooby Doo like chase scene when these fucking workers come up to him and they're like. Hey, we hate your guts. And he's got headphones on. Yep. And the guy's like, I'm going to kill you. And, and he's the, like, Oh, what did you say? And he also says some line like, Oh, oh, this is, oh, you wouldn't know this band if that's what you're asking. Oh, he goes, uh, Yeah, you wouldn't know them. It's not country. Just yes. like belittling this guy. He doesn't even fucking know. Right. And so the guy's like, I'm going to murder you. And he takes out the, the earplug and he's like, I thought you said you were going to kill me. This chase scene is just one Benny Hill song short of ridiculous. I mean, they are in higher frame rate chasing him around this factory. Yes. Like, fucking stop it. Be stressed enough. They sped up the film to show it. And it's supposed to be funny. And man, did you fuck the pooch on that one. (laughs) It's so, I mean, it's just so not funny. And it's not, and again, you know. Oh, they always criticize comedies because they didn't think it's funny. No, 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 no. 
no one thinks this is funny. It was, it's impossible. <laughs> Prove it us was, wrong. Yeah, it's, it's impossible for a human being with a fully functioning brain to think that this is possible. Frankly, this is it, funny. Frankly, it was just mildly amusing when Benny Hill did it, and he <laughs> created the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it point. was a real, we get it, Benny. <laughs> oh, we got it. But like, yet to 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 have an homage to something like that in this movie, like, what do you want me to be feeling while watching this movie right now? Am I rooting for you? Am I supposed to be? Are you just this madcap clown? You know, are you Groucho Marx? Like, are you a Marx brother? Like, is it totally inconsequential anything that happens to you in this movie because you're just gonna come out on top? Oh, what's that? That's totally the case. Well, great. Well, because you have to be embarrassed in that. Like, Groucho Marx would get his pretty often. And, like, he was always poor, too. Yeah, they were constantly trying to make things, yeah. make, make ends meet and in those it, movies. Yeah, they were putting a lot of eggshells in their coffee grinds. This, <laughs> this is a rich guy who's just looking to get richer so he doesn't have to have a job ever. He's trying to start this Days of the New cover band. <laughs> oh, wow. Or whatever the fuck this is. Oh, yeah. How am I supposed to even give a shit about what happens to him? By the way, this chase scene ends with him doing a terrible Scarface impression. Yep. Because he runs to the top oh, of the yeah. stairs and grabs a fucking fire extinguisher. Then we're treated to this. Say hello to my little friend! Because, oh man, do Woo. the laughs keep on coming. Nothing like a, a good old-fashioned 100% grade A American Scarface impression. Oh, mm -mm, good. I mean, I Just making fucking fun of Al Pacino. Doesn't that never get old? I, no, I get it. It had only been... Only 300 movies had parodied that at the time of this movie's release. And by now, it's that's gone up to 300,000. Scarface, doing a Scarface impression, by the way, is the original, you shouldn't be doing Borat impressions yes. anymore. Yes. It is it's the first one. You see some guy at the fucking party who's doing Say Hello to My Little Friend, you ask that guy to leave. I don't even care if it's your house. I don't even care if it's your party. You ask that guy to go. Go find the fucking door because he's officially the worst person at this party. So after this scene, <laughs> there's an there's a there's a great moment of where he's decorating his new office, and he finds it work appropriate to hang up a topless photo of Madonna, a topless poster rather of of Madonna, and I'm not talking about the Virgin Mary. <laughs> On the front part of yeah. the office door, by yeah. the way. Like, so, everyone's got to look at it. Everyone's got <laughs> Over his title card. Yeah. That, this is who works here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I like boners. I work at the Eraser. <laughs> that's what it says. Why do you put that on the door? Oh, that's because, by the way, we're talking about his office that he has. At some point, he... It's after Frank Gorshin is murdered. Dinkus kills Gorshin. Okay, so the number... To, well, all right, we're, we're, we're a little all over the place here. And unfortunately, this movie, while being a series of useless vignettes, also has kind of a, 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 a shitty thread here. I, but so Frank Gorshin is murdered by the dad's number two because he finds out information about this Project Big Pink, or the Big Pink yeah. file, and he wants to know what it is. And you know, Frank Gorshin's getting a little too close. So this guy... In a very uncharacteristic movement in this movie, really just bashes his brains in. Yep. And it's like a total, like, you see him sneak up behind Frank Gorshin, you know something bad is going to happen. 
But then it's like he makes the noise that Christian Bale makes when he runs at fucking Jared Leto in American Psycho. Like when he comes out, it's like really just gets him good. Yeah. Like it's that kind of a scream and bashes Frank Gorshin's brains in. And he's like two feet from him. Like it's brutal. He is brutally murdered. Yeah. For what? Like it's it's so ridiculous. Like and it's like a movie like this. If you're gonna have a murder, why have it be the pleasant old man? <laughs> <laughs> well, why he's not, not a pleasant old man? He's a lunatic. Sure. I mean, half of this the the introductory scene is him like cackling. It's one of those, hey, we kind of you know we've seen some weird movies, and hey, we've seen some uh, RDS movies. That, you know who's going on a lot in those? A bunch of weirdos laughing. Yeah, yeah. Like lunatics. He's, he's just cackling and making all sorts of jokes about how long he's worked in an eraser factory. Oh, yeah, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, 20 years. We're reminded of that a bunch of times. So, yeah, he's dead. So the guy is like, okay, boss, perfect situation. We make Julius the new plant manager, you know, and then he doesn't know how to run a factory. It's a total, you know, shadow company anyway. It'll it'll be fine. It'll just sit We're there. You, you're not gonna have to worry about it. He's too stupid to figure out about this big pink operation. So yeah, he's promoted to plant manager in like two days. Is officially now despised by every single person in this factory. By the way, remember when this movie was about a rock and roll band? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nope. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally he passes them on the street, and she says, "But what about practice?" Well, after, after he, after he, you know, fancies up his new office, um, they the band does stop by yep. to see how things are going. Yeah, he's like giving them a tour, really rubbing it in their fucking face about his shitty job. Vlad calls the motherland. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, I get free long distance in here, so we have this like totally hilarious scene where this Russian dude. As I guess supposed to be calling home for the first time in ever, you know, he's like he's saying to the mother, like, "Oh, it's me, Vlad. Remember me? You know, we haven't talked in so long." AT and T. AT and T. AT and T. I'll leave the party. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got a little too Borat for my taste, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the type of humor we're talking about here with. It's, you know, it's just the the, the crazy foreign guy character. And he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the crazy hacking ability, he's just like punching numbers and different sheets are Russians, coming up. Russians, no computers. Fact. Yeah. Straight that, fact. Why do you think Snowden moved there? Computer lands. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Computer land, Russia. Paradise. <laughs> right near Moscow. Welcome to computer land. Population, you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're like again, and here's Annie, and she's doing her whole spiel about oh, but the band, oh my god, oh Julius, you're totally ruining this band with this with this job that you have. Oh my god, Julius, this office is such a sellout. No, 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 no. shut up. <laughs> We're That's... gonna record a demo. Oh yeah, so this is the big thing, right? Because remember, I'm in a rock band. All of a sudden, right. the whole thing is. He says he's going to use the money that he makes as the factory foreman. To put it into the band. So then the band can cut a demo. And then we just got to get it to the record executives. That's all you got to do. And then you'll have millions. And then you can just, you know, cut a hundred grand out of that. And it's fine. And there you go. And then you get Buffer. You're a rock star. This just can't miss. 
So he's doing this whole thing. Yeah, we we learned, by the way, that Vlad used to be a plant manager of a similar ilk in Russia. So he knows the computer system. He's teaching Anthony Michael Hall how to be a good plant manager. And it's like, uh uh-oh, if he gets smart about how to do his job, he might find out about the big pink file and we'll have a fucking plot here. As (laughs) if plot even mattered. Oh, if we dig in the computer long enough, we might find it. (laughs) Might, might find that plot. It's just in a, in a subfolder it's, somewhere. Yeah, it's deep web. Yeah, I know. So they cut this demo, and it's a real horseshit thing of like, I mean, this is this is a band. This is a band that supposedly has songs. There's just another song playing over this whole montage it's, of them cutting like this demo. Five it, minutes, it, man. And what, what the song is like? Why? It's like one of those weird, like whiny, like I can't. It's 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 terrible. It's wailing. I mean, it's just wailing. Uh, it's, it's one of their songs, though. It's like one of the Julius Caesar songs. Oh, I'm or sure excuse it me, is. Hail Caesar. So, but <laughs> is this one of the Anthony Michael Hall penned? Anthony Michael oh, yeah. Hall wrote and performed like nine songs on this soundtrack. And He's a real David Heavener. Some of them are on YouTube for the curious. Well, he has a Oof. record. Yeah, but you're not gonna find Hall Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Anthony Michael Hall's Hall of Mirrors. Get out of my fucking house with that information. Are you kidding me? And and I was telling the folks you can listen to some of it on YouTube because when are you ever coming across that album? Come on. I mean that's like at some like dude flea market. I'm gonna find that LP. (laughs) Do it, man. Oh, I'll fucking find it. Oh, Oh, Hall of Mirrors. Goodbye, tax return. <laughs> Hall of Mirrors, if you're listening, you're mine. <laughs> so they make this demo, and then after the montage of making the demo and learning how to work in a factory, there's another montage right behind it, ready yes. to roll, yep. of him getting dejected from record labels. This is one of the highlights of the film for me. And this is one of the things... Because it's him getting jazzy jeffed out of all sorts of fucking yeah. corporate offices. And this is this is a sequence I remembered well from seeing this when I was younger. And it's just like them just walking, you know, walking around L.A. going to these office buildings and being literally thrown out like cartoons. Yeah. Like by the scruff of your coat. Oh, yeah. You, you get the, the hell out of here, Julius. And, it, and I mean, it's clear he didn't have like any permits. I, like, oh, I think yeah. it's him actually getting kicked out of yeah, these I places. <laughs> because it's like him and Mike the cameraman. Like and, just and, hanging, and, and Annie. They're and like Annie hanging out in front of the Capitol Records building. You get that right nice in the frame. Oh, yeah. We you get, went here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the but, legitimate on-location shooting. Also, you, you have some nice on-location shooting of Los Angeles street life. Oh, including yeah. Including this hobo-ish fellow that looks like he <laughs> fell from the stars. <laughs> oh, that's Because right. he's got like a TV on his head. And, you know, because he's got like this whole contraption built around his head and neck. Yeah. That's like it's got TVs. It's got a phone. I, I, I'm sure he was like. Eric. Eric, I'm sorry. It's George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would believe I, I, it. But. <laughs> You know what it was? It must I be think, a street performer or something. I but. think that that was like the early 90s version of those living statues that we have now. Yeah. You see those dudes covered in gold paint in the subway? Yeah. I think that was like an early prototype for that bit. But that's you just reminded me, though, because this montage of going to all the record labels and getting kicked out also very slyly morphs into a Hail Caesar music video that is just 
implanted right in the middle of this movie because all of a sudden, like the dude with the television, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall's just playing guitar in all of these places and the guitar is syncing up to the guitar on the Hail Caesar song that you're hearing. Right. And he's just like standing in all of these locations, just playing guitar just next to people, out- really just rocking the fuck out. Yeah, yeah he's outside. The, the electric guitar is not plugged into anything. Nope, not a goddamn thing. And it's just transcendent music. It is yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen. I, I ch- you know, this movie changes you. <laughs> Hail Caesar. It changes you. (laughs) It does. So he finally gets lucky while Annie is distracting this one security guard. By completely fake talking to him in the most fake talking I've ever seen. And the guy's just (laughs) nodding his head nonstop. It's like, why don't you pretend or maybe actually just have a normal conversation of some kind. No, you know why? Shoot it without sound. You're not using the sound. Yeah, well, that's what I think it was, was he was like, listen, guys. Uh, over this part where I sneak in behind the security guard because uh, your character's talking to him, uh, it's just going to be some of my music. So yeah. uh, don't bother to say anything. We're not going to hear what you say. Say gibberish. So, uh, but pretend like you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> just and say gibberish. Flap your gums. And it was, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's so bad. And he's, so he sneaks in, manages to somehow get up to a floor where there's an office with a gentleman in it. And we're playing the, the, the demo... And we see this dude from behind, and this dude's like, he's digging it. Oh, yeah. And you're like, wow, wow, here it comes, man. The moment of truth. Like, our hero's going to succeed. Oh, man. Turns around, RDJ as this Uh. record executive. And you're like, what? And he's really digging this music. So much so that he starts trashing his office. And he's dancing on furniture and throwing papers all over the place. They start hugging each other mid-air. They're jumping into each other. It becomes this whole experience together. And I, f- I feel like that was a thing where they were like, <laughs> like Anthony Michael Hall was saying, you know, oh, hey, hey, Rob, remember uh, remember that time when we were like 15, we were totally fucking stoned in your dad's Manhattan apartment, and we just started fake fighting? Wasn't that so funny? Let's do another fake fight in this scene. It'll be great. We won't even say anything because my song's going to be playing, so we can't talk over it. And like <laughs> RDJ's just, he was so, you know, strung out at that point. The poor soul, you know, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's fake fight. That's great. I think, I think it's Anthony Michael Hall comes up to RDJ. He's like, you know what your father never did? You know what he never was able to put the film? A peyote trip. <laughs> So here we go. And they dropped peyote and they did this scene because I don't know what's going on in this scene. It's, and I don't know what drug would allow this behavior to happen. <laughs> you just reminded me, though, hilariously, uh, a great thing that's happened for the world of cinema. And I, I, I don't know if I've told this story before on this show, but uh, the Criterion Eclipse series put out a box set of a lot of Robert Downey Sr.'s movies and in the lead up to the release date, Criterion posted all these videos yeah, yeah, we, yeah. on on oh, on their yeah. website where it's P.T. Anderson talking to him. And one of the the clips they're watching, like they would watch his movies, and P.T. Anderson would just ask him questions about making the movies. And they show this one clip of like some dude just sitting in a rocking chair outside, and Robert Downey leans over to fucking P.T. Anderson, and he goes, uh, "You know, uh, I talked to that guy last month." 
he confessed to me that he was on acid the entire time we shot this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Peyote's involved in that because they I, are just caveman fighting in this they're movie. Doing, and, like, RDJ has this, like, a motor mouth speech about how he's going to give him all the money. Oh, yeah. He's like, I got nine things to tell you. And it's like, you know, whatever. Five record deal, world tour, women, money, like all this shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing nine things. Okay. One, this is big. Two, I'm excited. Three, five to seven record deal with points across the board. Four, live theater, TV, movies, mall appearances. Five, more mall appearances. Six through eight, gargantuan! Baby. <laughs> this is great. Any cash advance, Mort? Get ready for more comedy, everybody, because the turn of this scene, like, here's Anthony Michael Hall, here's Julius Caesar himself, you know, and he's so excited, he's going to get the money, he's, he's, there's a gag where he's like, how much am I going to get paid for this? Robert Downey Jr. writes out, like, a figure on a piece of paper and hands it to him. He's shitting his pants over all this money, you know, the advance is coming, he's going to win Buffer, it's this whole thing, yep. it's great. And then he's like, what's the ninth thing? And he's like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, well, you told me you had nine things to tell me. You only told me eight. What's the ninth thing? And he goes, "I get the ninth thing is I got to get out of here because the dude whose office this really is always comes back at 2.15. Surprise, he's just a crazy guy fucking around in some record executive's office. He works in the mailrooms. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So he's like disgruntled or something, but he is fucked up on the job. So that's another uh, negative. So that's another. <laughs> that's another thing to go on the old performance evaluation. And that's another ten minutes of this movie that is inconsequential. Exactly. To everything else going on. Stop wasting my fucking time. Like, if your movie has a twist ending, stop wasting my time for watching this movie. But right. like, if you're putting little twists into scenes like this. Stop wasting my time just watching that scene. Keep the movie going. The movie is 98 minutes. It feels like 98 hours. And (laughs) you, there's nothing but these moments of. An hour a minute. Yeah. It felt like the entire entire, uh, opening thing, it kind of felt like, you know, it was Wednesday. It's already Wednesday. (laughs) It's it's already Wednesday. I started watching this movie on fucking Monday. We're not even halfway through the movie. It's already Wednesday. Oh, that's Showa. So <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you watch the documentary Showa. We're doing a lot of very film-centric things today. <laughs> I like it. Or the, uh, the four-hour Showa deleted scene, The Last of the Unjust. That, you know, honestly, sitting through The Last of the Unjust at New York Film Festival flew a breeze flew by compared a to watching old breeze compared to watching hail caesar a fucking four-hour holocaust documentary flew by Looked at well, I, think that, oh, like, really? I think that says a lot about you guys and not <laughs> and not this, this good material of hail caesar <laughs> so wait, this is mort's office you're not mort where's mort my office hell no I'm in the mailroom. He's now he's back. He's he's hacking Big Pink. He's going to find out what's going on. Oh yeah. But now let's say his hacking of into this Big Pink file is literally him just being like, "Well, maybe the password is the number one." 
Oh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> Let me try two. Nope, that's not it. Maybe if I just scream at it, it'll do it. So he's trying to, he, he, he'll, like the band, other characters will call and be like, hey, Julius, we're, we're doing a movie here. And he's like, well, not now. Not now, Annie. I'm uh, trying to get into this, this file at work. Uh, okay. I'm really hung four. up trying to Oh, that's not file. it. And then he ends up talking to Vlad because finally the Russian calls him and because they're like, the Russian's like, we're going to like move out of your house that we live in. Oh, that's because, right. They're moving out. Yeah. Because it's like we're fed up with this. And then the Russian advises him that in order to, to hack a password, you've got to get inside the mind of the person who wrote the yeah. password. Yeah. Right. And Julius is like, Holy shit! Like it's like a mind fuck. It's like oh my god, I had no idea. Oh yeah. man, a password that someone makes would potentially be something personal about that person, right? Oh, a weird. So now, now Julius is trying a bunch of stuff. He's trying to buffer. Oh no, that doesn't work. <laughs> Finally, he tries numb nuts. Access granted. Dun, 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 dun. Green, in. great. Yeah, <laughs> and wow, it's all in. too. It's all about this this big pink plot, which is just something about chemical weapons. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, lot of something something chemical weapons. <laughs> something something germ warfare. I mean, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it fits. This is you know something something a movie. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I got to make copies of this. So what's what's so stupid is he's so he's such a numbnuts, right? That. He doesn't get that maybe also the number two would be in on it. So he comes up to the guy and he's like, oh, hey there, number two. Uh, guess what? I think the boss is up to some strange, dirty shit. <laughs> you don't look evil at all. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this guy's got slick back hair. He looked at, speaking of American Psycho, he looks like one of the American Psychos. Oh, yeah. He could be talking about business, business cards. Absolutely. And he's just like, uh-huh. Tell me more about this big pink situation. Oh, that does sound bad. And it's like, dude, you're just oh. cruising to get murdered like yeah. fucking Frank Gorshin. He also pulls the whole thing, like the whole thing, like, oh, Julius, I'm really impressed you found out about the big pink file. You know, we, it's a fictional file. We just put that there for you to find. Oh, yeah. To see if it was a test and you passed. It was the Easter egg in your job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Remember, when you go to work tomorrow or if you're on your way in now commuting, there's probably some Easter eggs you don't know about, but it's your duty to find them if you want to become, you know, get those promotions. And so he says something about like, oh, I'm going to, you get a $100,000 bonus or something like that. And he's like, wow, I can pay off the bet. Oh, that's great. And he's like, oh, but, oh, I would have to do such and such a thing to transfer the money tonight. But I have this report to file. And Julius is like, well, I'll file it for you. If that means I get, you can go get the bonus for me. I'll do whatever work you want. So it's like this guy basically engineers a plot to keep Anthony Michael Hall in this office while he wires this eraser factory to explode. He's just going to burn the whole thing to the ground. Well, Buffer's father, Mr. Bidwell. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't remember the name. Um, he He's like, F. Like, he's like. Oh, I got to kill Anthony Michael Hall. The guy's got to. Julius has got to go. Yeah. He's getting too Actually, close. You know what? Ah, fuck it. Blow up the whole fucking building. I don't care. My central, my money laundering plant. <laughs> fuck it. Blow it up. It's yeah. like Walt blowing up the fucking car wash, man. It's like, why not? Fuck lay it. Who cares? to it. He says something about like, oh, I've grown tired of it anyway. One of those rich prick things. Whatever, man. Unfortunately, 
property de- my god oh and by the way at some point in all of this there's one shot as far as i can remember and maybe i'm i'm misremembering or you know whatever but there's one shot of the russian guy and uh the the girl annie carrying the venus de milo statue and like burying it in the yard or something right yeah but it's just the t- it's only to set up later that it gets dug up but they just insert this shot in the middle of th- all the other bomb shenanigans and, that's happening I, I mean that's another callback to the book but like yeah but it, it's kind of like okay. doesn't make s- it makes like, absolutely it no makes sense, no sense. Yeah. and i was i'm looking at the shot when it starts and i'm like why are they carrying a body like what is happening what did they just kill? Did I fall asleep I think, and they murdered someone? I think the idea was like, oh, we're mad at Julius. He doesn't care about us at all, but he loves this stupid statue. Maybe we'll bury it in the yard and see what happens. Man, that is a huge leap to make with no fucking dialogue. Like, yeah, it's oh, this movie's so poorly made. So anyway, the whole thing's wired to blow or whatever. And then somehow Anthony Michael Hall runs out at the last second. And he's like, hey, it's me, Julius. I got to the bottom of whatever. And the plant explodes. And then the guy, you know, the number two weasel, is like, oh, well, it was clearly Julius Caesar that did this. Have him arrested. And these two police officers come out of nowhere like, all right, well, we have no evidence to support this arrest whatsoever. But whatever you say, get in the car. Yeah, that works fine. At this point, when he's put in jail, you're like, oh, that's weird. This movie seems to have... About twelve minutes left. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty weird. But I guess I'll guess I'll just continue watching it. And see where this goes. Is he just gonna get killed in prison? I'm fine with that. That's <laughs> Man, the ending. What an ending! Oh wow, he just what gets shivved like fifty times and like thrown over a balcony or something. Just if, gets a Schillinger. It, oh yeah. Oh man. Man, if he's just killed and the whole thing becomes like hyper real and he's like crying for his life and he's just fucking brutally murdered and then like all the other the prisoners just like walk away from him. Yeah, he's like bleeding out in a urinal and it gets like poetic. And yeah, shit. and you just like hold on the shot of Julius Caesar just dying, you know, and yeah, by the way, stabbed to death. Hello. It would be great. Just fucking <laughs> stabbed a bunch. <laughs> It would be perfect. I'm fine with it. It too, Bubba. (laughs) (laughs) Julius Caesar in prison, everyone. So, speaking of Julius Caesar in prison, we have Julius Caesar in prison, and uh, he's got uh, a couple of cellmates with him. Uh, One is uh, fellow Brat Packer, uh, fellow 80s alum, a good friend of ours, Mr. Judd Nelson. Looking like someone scraped them off the bottom of their shoe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they, worse they, wear. they found him on the bathroom floor. He looks really bad in this movie. Him and RDJ were hanging out too much, I bet. <sighs> yeah, you know, you get the feeling watching this movie, there was a lot of on-set partying going on. Although RDJ and Judd Nelson do not share a scene together in this movie. <laughs> but it somehow it happened. <laughs> I mean, they each have one scene. Well, actually, I mean, RDJ has two scenes, but yeah. they essentially, I mean, that, they're just yeah. showing up to it's, like, oh, yeah, Anthony, it, we're, in good, we're, we're in good company. Exactly. This movie is populated with we're helping out our buddy. You know what I mean? And what is Judd? No, now the the other two gentlemen in this cell one is one one is a, a giant like morbidly obese black gentleman, and then there is another uh, a black guy. And then what what kind of conversation would you think would happen with that this group? Well, maybe be like a little awkward. Like Anthony Michael Hall is nervous around these strangers, 
uh, doesn't really know what's going on. It's definitely not going to turn into some sort of horrific racist thing, right? No way. But, it's going to be like a, you know, why are you in here kind of Oh, thing. but actually, yeah. you, you know, it actually does get kind of dicey racially. But oh, really? You don't what? say. But, no. but that's only after debating the JFK assassination. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, yes. oh, man. And he's kind of, he earlier in the movie if I'm remembering this right, is doing kind of a weird RFK speech. He does like after the uh, Scarface. Yes, it's when he's after doing that. the labor, like hey, yes. we should. Yeah, that's yeah. An RFK it's thing. weird, like RFK organized speech, like workers' rights shit. Yeah. I, so the fascination with the Kennedy dynasty continues <laughs> in the jail cell, where he all of a sudden claims. That he, because he's the whole thing is he's trying to look tough yeah. in prison, you know, because Judd Nelson's like you got to look tough or else they'll they'll kill you in here, kind of a thing. So he starts claiming that he killed Kennedy, that he was the second shooter. Yes, like, are we fucking kidding? And 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 you know what? Just him saying that, I, I, he probably you know wasn't even born yet. Probably him yeah. saying that. What what is what does one of the guys in in the cell with him uh, say about that? Not the fact that he's too young, but that he believes in the lone gunman theory. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're just talking about the lone gunman theory we're versus just, the conspiracy theory. We're just fighting about conspiracy theories in this jail cell. Oh, and Anthony Michael though. Hall is going off about how uh, 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 Lee Harvey Oswald's a pussy. You know, he couldn't possibly handle that shit on his own. Yeah, I, I, he I, had to step up. I would have liked to see him say that to his face. <laughs> but then, right, th- this other dude is like, don't you talk shit about Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> He's like defending this fucking assassin. What did you just say about Charles Manson? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Some of his songs were good, I guess. <laughs> yes, I do think that John Hinckley got a fucking unfair shake. You Give know, him shot number two. He would have figured it out. You know what? Jack Ruby, class act. <laughs> nice guy. So they're fighting about all this. And then Anthony Michael Hall Don's, he's doing like a black cartoon voice. Yeah. And just calls this dude. I think we should just play. Like, yeah, if we you got you you're, you're not going to believe it if I just tell you. Yeah. And I mean, we don't want to, we don't want to yeah. say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So here is uh, Anthony Michael Hall in this scene. 63. Let me just tell you something, my Nubian brother. It was 63 that Malcolm and me flew to Mecca. And wasn't no first class back then neither. We flew coach. Wasn't no free penis, chicken, or Sundays. Oh, how about that, huh? Big old congratulations banner I'm putting up for you right now. And I am just, and I, at this point, you guys, am on the floor laughing. Oh, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm legitimate his, laugh. It's, oh, dude, legitimately, I am inconsolable. The laughter that just will not stop coming out of me because this is so funny. So geniusly hysterical. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting the sense that you might not be forthwith with us here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm so the opposite of whatever the opposite of entertained is. I mean, I mean? It's like no way. It's like dissonance. It's just like fucking in your eardrum. Like, like what, are you, what are you doing? Like, I, yeah. what happened to the fucking band? <laughs> you Play like, a fucking concert in this movie, but the, please. Just the, like... I mean, 
just saying that alone is insane. But then you have then you hire two people to say it to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just a weird, weird decision. It's so stupid. And you know what it kind of is? It's it's kind of hearkening back to a little bit, which is obnoxious now that I think about it. Remember the scene in Weird Science where they go to like the Tough as Nails Blues yeah. Club and he's talking like an old black bl- blues yeah. musician kind of a thing? It kind of reminds like they're drinking scotch and smoking cigars and everything. Is he just trying to do that? Like, is he like, hey, people thought that was funny in Weird Science. I'm just going to make it a little more extreme in oh, this movie. I bet. I, I mean, bet. considering that he's supposed to be playing an 18 or a 19 year old in this movie, like. <laughs> I assume that he does think that he's still like eighteen, nineteen, and like I can still make that be, joke sing. Just gonna be a boy forever. <laughs> yeah, make it sing. <laughs> I can, I can do this. This is gonna work. Boy forever. <laughs> so fucking Peter Pan. Yeah. Oh yeah, Anthony Michael Hall, the Peter Pan of the Brat Pack. No, that was Rob Lowe for sure. Oh yeah, yeah he's, true, he's yeah. the immortal one. So so uh, before he's murdered in this prison cell, which is definitely about to happen. Uh, the two guys that aren't Judd Nelson all of a sudden are about to get in a fight. And then the the bailiff or whatever, the, the prison guard is like, oh, hey, hey, Julius Caesar, someone posted your bail. And he like politely excuses himself. And the, the one guy's like teeming with such rage and he's yelling at the other fella and he's just like, I'm going to kill you and all this shit. And Anthony Michael Hall's like, oh, excuse me, I just have to get out of here. And the guy's like, oh, by all means, excuse me. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, boy, do I get it. That just is hysterical. Fantastic. So, so it turns out Annie, this, the bass player, uh, has posted his bail, even though she says, like, I hate your guts, Julius. I threw your fucking statue away or whatever. I don't want to have anything to do with you. <laughs> Now, for some reason, I'm just going to, you know, post your bail. And she's like, or he says, like, why did you do this? You hate me. And she's like, well, oh, I just knew you were innocent. I just knew you didn't do it. So you're like, okay. And then I'm looking back at the fucking clock and I'm like, now, wait a minute. He was just in jail for four minutes. Now there's like eight minutes left to this movie. Then you got to factor in credits. And I'm like, I okay, mean, now there's like five minutes left of this movie and nothing has happened. Also, keep in mind, your, your character's been arrested for blowing up a building. Yeah. I for mean, a terrorist. And, and, uh, no, I know. No lawyer necessary. Oh, and yeah, your bail's. Uh, and apparently he was like. 50 bucks? Yeah, yeah what? Where is she finding the money to post bail for a terrorist? And this is yeah. this is neither a a holding cell or b like a low security prison where you would keep a prisoner who's standing trial. This is Alcatraz. Well, that's it, that's what's stupid and this is what, uh, not just this movie is guilty of this. A lot of films do this the whole like we have no understanding between like jail v prison, right. you know, and it's like the people he's in there with, like Judd Nelson and the other two guys, are like serving sentences. Like yeah. they are, you know, you see all the like uh, uh, hash marks on the wall counting the days that they've been in there or whatever. This isn't where you would go before being arraigned in court or, or something like that. Absolutely not. So it's, I mean, it's it's really stupid and lazy. <laughs> But so he's just he's out of he's out of jail. So it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll just drive back to my huge yeah, house and see home. what's going on. Maybe we'll squeeze in a band practice. And then this guy stops them and he's like, oh, I'm this archaeologist found this version of the Venus de Milo. Ugh. You're going to be rich and all this fucking yeah, horse Because it's like Sam Jackson had to dig up part of the yard for the water main. And, and so 
I mean, that, then you're like, you're really looking at the minutes here and you're like, wait a second, this movie is about to end. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But, but yeah, it's an archaeological discovery. Supposedly. Of, yeah. Of, a, uh, of an ancient Roman statue. Yep. In Southern California. <laughs> yep. And How far was Rome's reach? <laughs> Dude, they even ruled the undiscovered continent. That's that's how far that reach went. It's man. fucking impressive. It they, is impressive. They kept when, it under the hood. You know, when you way. really think about it, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, they worked. <laughs> so then, like, the, Mr. Bidwell pulls up with the number two, and Mr. Bidwell's being all buddy-buddy with Julius now because he heard the news about this priceless statue, and he's like, oh, say there, Julius, how's my best pal doing? And then he's like, uh, get away from me, douchebag. Like, you totally framed me for blowing up that factory. And then this old fucker is like, Oh, I didn't do that. That was my number two. And he's like, oh, it was both of you. Hey, arrest them. And then into the frame walks a police officer. <laughs> and arrests them. Like, on what grounds? This happens twice in this movie. He did it. Arrest him. No questions asked. Just arrested. <laughs> is it because his name is Julius Caesar and it's a version of seize him? <laughs> <laughs> It makes, yeah, it makes no sense. It's another cartoon element, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so then they're, you know, then Buffer comes up and she's all like, uh, oh, well, you definitely made that $100,000 now. I'm yours. I love you. She is down for it. Because now Papa Bear, hauled yeah, off gone. by the G-Men. Yeah, that so meal ticket's done. Yeah. That, those assets are frozen. One. She needs a new meal. And I think <laughs> the squash instructor had had dumped her beforehand. Yeah, that, right. that guy's not, not pulling this, the bank, this, the the bank you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's the thing, right? He might be a handsome fella, but at the end of the day, he's still just teaching squash. Exactly. You know? So she's all trying to get up with Julius and whatnot, and he's like, yeah, you know what? We're not a thing anymore. Eat shit. And while they're talking, by the way, you know, Annie, who clearly has feelings for Julius, is like, ah, oh, well, he's off with Buffer now. I guess I'll just walk out of this movie. And it's, I mean, it's so unearned and shitty. He comes up to, to Annie and he's like, you know, wh whatever. You know, I'm rich now. Let's start the band. I'm going to blah, blah, something. My girl, he eventually gets to, you know, the end of whatever he's verbal diarying. And she's like, well, I thought you'd ask your girlfriend to do that. And in the line of the century, he goes, I thought I was. Oh, isn't that smooth? Just the fucking assumption that she is now your girlfriend. Uh, but it's like, it's just like, you're my girl. You know, like, it's just like, you are. Like, it's just like, for, <laughs> it's like, it's like. I guess it's confident. I guess a girl would be appeal appealing to that, you know? Whether like, you like it or not, Annie, I, you are my new girlfriend. Right. So, uh, right? Yeah. And then now we're just going to make up. out. Now, excuse me. My home planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, is this the poochiest ending of all time. So then he's like, by the way, I didn't sell that statue. Just couldn't get rid of old Venus. But then this great other thing happened. Robert Downey Jr. pulls up in a car. <laughs> pulls back into the movie's parking lot. Screaming gibberish. How he's now a music agent and he's going to make Julius Caesar a star. Oh, yeah. And then you, you think at that point, right, like the ego has ended. Like it's over with. This movie 
starring and directed Anthony Michael Hall. Like the ego train has finally left the station. We get some peace and quiet with the credits. Nope. <laughs> While these credits are running, this movie has the audacity to have a performance from Hail Caesar. The right? first one we really see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And on guitar is the dude who helped him write some of the songs, right? The other two people in this band, the two actual supposed characters of this movie, Annie and Vlad, Annie's bass, Vlad's drums, are reduced to just snapping their fingers in the background while this dude plays acoustic guitar and Anthony Michael Hall sings a song in its entirety over these credits. And wow. Again, Airheads did it better. The same exact thing <laughs> yep. happens at the end of Airheads, and Degenerated is a much better song. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it is. And you're just sitting just this fucking Julius Caesar MTV unplugged horseshit <laughs> just plays and yeah, plays. Forever. And he's singing this song, and everyone's just snapping along, just fucking loving Julius Caesar, oh, man. man. It's I was just ser- a new thing. When I was watching this, I was searching for a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> And when the song comes to an end, by the way, it's a good thing they only caught a boom mic because guaranteed they were in danger of catching the applause sign going off (laughs) because this crowd erupts. They jump to their feet and they're clapping for Anthony Michael Hall. You know what they did did catch a lot of? What's that? Shit from us. (laughs) I'm just imagining that they, they cut from their performance to like B footage of like Simon and Garfunkel play the park. (laughs) <laughs> on the crowd B-roll of yeah. the sold-out Central Park. <laughs> just everybody on their feet just like, yeah, yeah. Parsley oh. Sedros, Miracle again. Do oh, it again. yeah. Like a bad SNL sketch. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Huh, what an ego trip this movie is, man. That is... That's Hail Caesar. Hail Hydra, yeah. too. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Said Hail Hydra too. Shit. <laughs> would anybody recommend Hail Caesar? No fucking oh, way. I was waiting for the crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I heard the crickets weren't speaking up, so I had to say something. No, oh, absolutely on. not. It's uh, I, like I said, it feels like forever. It's it, it's a fever dream. You, you you enter it and you don't know where you are, and then all of a sudden it ends, and you're like. Oh, what? Yeah, I mean, I'm not recommending this movie by no means. And a lot of it has to do with the way you just are sucker punched into realizing there's no story here. There's no anything. It just stops. Like, you're arrested for three minutes. You work at a fucking factory for 20 minutes. Like, there's nothing about this that goes together at all. I, I would say uh, skip it. But <laughs> um, this is coming from someone who's. You said you've seen this movie like ten times. Yeah, I saw it a lot. It was on rotation uh, in the in the mid to late nineties on um, some some network, the Comedy Channel. Yeah, or like Showtime or HBO or something. Yeah, yeah. this could be like in the you know getting out of school HBO. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, that's I can see that about. happening. And it's not like. I watched it a lot on purpose. It was just, I was background. It was probably like four times. (laughs) Gotcha. Let's be realistic. Gotcha. Um, But I do think people should check out 
some scenes of it or like songs of it on YouTube to get a full grasp yeah. of this. You really got to hear this music more than and anything. It is I think the trailer is on Video Detective, that website. Oh, yeah. You're, I think you're right. I think you um, sent me that link. So, yeah, do 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 that. I will recommend the Robert Downey Sr. Eclipse box set. I mean, all of most of his movies are really, really good. Yeah, some of the good ones, uh, the great ones, uh, are in there. One that's not those Greasers Palace, but that is on DVD. And I will recommend White Dog. <laughs> Sam Fuller's White Dog, which is about a, a a dog that's white that hates black people. You know, I mean, it's, it's brought a better, up by a white woman. It sounds like a B real B movie, but it's it is. Uh, I mean, it's Sam it is, Fuller but it's made Sam B Fuller. movies. Yeah, but it's like the most the man made this movie man sam fuller was a great director yeah Yeah. it shows what can happen even though you have a small budget but with a good director in mind i just have i have no patience for these passion projects where it's i mean honestly this is fucking the room this is anthony michael hall's the room yeah right like you fucking star in it you're on the soundtrack you you have the audacity to direct this movie (laughs) i would suggest even that uh, Tommy Wiseau is a better director because like <laughs> the shots in the room like they don't do anything but he, it's active it moves along this it's like just whatever you got man <laughs> what like just put the camera down and fucking shoot us I don't care what whatever you do coupon it. book shot setup you have just go it, with it I mean it looks it really looks like garbage that's Hail Caesar from 1994 directed by Mr. Anthony Michael Hall. If you want to get a hold of us, check out the website, whmpodcast.com. You will find a back catalog of old episodes there, not available on iTunes or Stitcher. Go back and check those out, whmpodcast.com. Click on the Episodes tab. Eric Siska. Also, uh, pick up our app or check out the Bandcamp page, Mm -hmm. uh, whmpodcast.com bandcamp.com you got it because last week you know you like the karate kid three episode check out the animation damnation on the karate kid cartoon which is pretty magical not the episode the show the episode's magical in its own way Mm. but that's a that's a magical cartoon yeah there's a bunch of um mr miyagi shooting lasers and whatnot you'll love it you'll love it just listen to that like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at WHM Podcast. Uh, got something to say? Write us an email. We all hate movies at gmail.com. We are overdue for a mailbag episode, by the way. We got to oh, figure, that out. Yeah, they, yeah. figure o- that out. Oh, big time. Yeah, we'll figure that out. It's overflowing. It's overflowing with correspondence. Yeah. The mailbag. Check out Eric's sister show, Blame It on Outer Space, taking down conspiracy theories in a comedic fashion. Blame it on outerspace.com at Blame Space Pod on Twitter. What is the most recent episode of Blame It on Outer Space? Oh, I don't know yet. Flying by the seat of my pants. Nice. Yeah, just tune in and find out. <laughs> I've never heard of that conspiracy. Fly- people flying by the seat of their pants? It, it is downright eerie. Some say it goes back to Nazi Germany. Oh, that's... <laughs> That's something. And, and Hitler called it his Wunderpanz. It was a cousin to the Lederhosen. Rate and review this show and Blame It on Outer Space in iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean, wherever you get our programs. Rate, review, we would love to hear about it. Now, normally we would leave a clue for next week, but this is an episode we want to plug outright. Get everyone nice and excited for what's coming up next week on We Hate Movies. Eric... A little back information, if you will. 
Clint Eastwood once had a pal who was an ape named Clyde. <laughs> and that film is called Every Which Way But Loose. We are doing an episode of Every Which Way But Loose. And if you know anything about Every Which Way But Loose, you would know it also has a sequel called Any Which Way You Can. Yes. And what is happening is what, uh, what, the, what the kids are calling a pod crawl. Right. Okay, we are teaming up with the good folks at the Flophouse Podcast. Yes. All right, so here's what's going to happen. We are coming out with our episode next week on Any Which Way But Loose. And then those guys are coming out with uh, every, what, what, Now I'm messing up the top. We are Every Which Way But Loose. Or is it yeah. any? Every? Every. And then they're any. Any which way. Yeah. I, you you know, I, I, I mix these up too. Any? Yeah. You know what? Either way, Double Dose, Clean Eastwood, Ape shenanigans biker gang two podcasts you might like it or, or or you might discover a new one so you know check them out exactly we are cross-pollinating audiences we're super psyched to be teaming up with those guys clint eastwood ape movies both of them are being done within days of each other on two different podcasts on the next we hate movies flop house pod crawl ours on tuesday theirs on saturday so until next week, when there's all sorts of apes a-poppin', I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gavin. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>